Welcome to the totally independent, completely unofficial, not even in the same state as the Indianapolis Colts, Colts Podcast. Coming to you from the land of brisket and barbecue, Lone Stars and Longhorns, where some cowboys wear hats and others wear helmets. This is the Unstable Blues with Liam and Kevin Hall. The Colts and Browns may have ended up with the game of the week. We will talk about that game, look ahead to the Saints' visit to Indy this next week, and see if either one of us can pull away in our unstable pick six. So here we go. Yes, welcome again to the backyard in Waco, Texas, where we will talk about our Colts. Yep. How did the Indiana Knights uniforms look? What was your take? Um, Let's start there. Okay, so my f- first take was like, okay, the black looks a little weird. Like It looks like it pops out too much. I don't okay. know how to explain it. It looks like it popped out too much. It may have just been that the roof was open and the shadows looked weird. Okay. Uh, I think that definitely had to do with it because I watched the highlights back and the highlights... You saw more close-up shots and stuff. I'm like, okay, those don't look half bad. I think a little bit more black on the uniform would have been better still. But, I mean, it, it didn't look as bad as I thought the first time. Yeah. Um, I thought the helmet was tremendous. I thought that was the best part of the uniform. I felt like the heather was maybe a little weird, meaning, like, you couldn't really make it out. And so it just made it look darker unnecessarily and so it looked like this kind of like darkened and there's uh this darkened blue and i don't think that really goes well uh for the colts i think regular blue top would have been fine maybe with the subtle changes they did with the stripes and things like that uh no heathered but i do agree they need black pants with a blue and maybe blue and white stripe down the side okay i think that'd have been good but yeah um, they served him well. Yeah. To an extent. So, here we go. We're going to talk about the game. First off, Juju Brents without, went out with a quad. There's no word on where he is exactly. They've been very hush-hush about it. Uh, probably mainly because uh, they're very thin at cornerback anyway. And so, not exactly sure where that's going to end up. But he's out right now with a quad. Not sure if he's going to play this week or not. Yeah. Uh, this game had quite literally everything you would want in a football game. I know. It was crazy. Like, they had, it had offense and defense and special yeah. teams. Explosive plays on offense for the Colts. Running game with Taylor, Moss. Yep. Forced turnovers from both sides. Yep. Big tackles. Yep. One of the best punts and down recoveries I've seen for the Colts in a long time. Right. All the way down to the one. It was caught straight out of the gate. Uh, 456 total yards on offense for the Colts. The most points scored on the Browns defense this season. The most points scored by the Colts since... November 21st, 2021. 
mm-hmm. 21 months ago. Yeah. At that point, the Colts had Wentz, Doyle, Patman, Pascal, Hilton, JT. That was when he went for 199 total yards, mm, five TDs. That was against the Bills. Mm-hmm. Our youngest daughter at that point, your youngest sister, had not even been born the last time the Colts scored this many points in a game. Yep. Colts are the only team left in the league to score at least 20 points in every game this season. I know consistency, right? Yeah. The problem is it's not always resulting in wins. Yeah. Our defense needs to step it up a bit. Right. Um, or maybe we just stop turning the ball over. Different things, different times. Mm-hmm. So... Do you want to talk about the elephant in the room? Uh, is it um, the flags? Is Do you want to talk it? about the calls? Or do you not want to talk about it? They had eight penalties for uh, for 67 yards, which isn't like a it's ton. Not, yeah, no, no. It's not a ton. but It's it, when it happened. Mm-hmm, exactly. All I'm going to say, two ticky-tacky calls that uh, were stupid, and if those didn't happen, we probably would have won. Probably. We probably would have won the game. Just probably? Most likely would have won the game because If, if they the were... first one doesn't happen, that was a strip, sack, fumble, recovery. Mm-hmm. Where all Colts got to do is take two knees because the Browns were no timeouts. Yeah. And even the NFL came out and was like, hey, we were wrong about those flags. We're sorry for that. Oh, can we talk about that for a second? Okay. The only reason we know this is because who who let this news out? Jim Irsay. Right. And apparently, like, league officials, like the official people associated with the league, uh, are not allowed to disclose any of these private information calls. So he broke the, you know, the rules of this mm-hmm. by breaking this story. So now we don't know exactly what might happen to him as far as fines, draft picks, things like that, for letting this information out. But we do know that they said, hey, we were wrong. The officials got it wrong. Yeah. Which begs the question, in this scenario, where you said you got it wrong, couldn't you then go back and change the score and make it right? Maybe? Doesn't that seem to make sense? I wish you could do that. I mean, it's not. This is one of those like, you know, if if it's a fumble, there has to be a clear recovery for mm-hmm. them to. If they're going to overturn it, to you know, be there was a clear recovery. Like we know how the game would end if those call that one call, first call in particular, was wrong. Yeah. So, give the Colts the W. Because they were the better team in spite of all the turnovers and everything. They were the better team the whole game. Consistently throughout the game, yeah. But what do I always tell you about penalties? Everything leads up to a certain point. Mm -hmm. So it's if you don't let things happen up to that point, the penalties uh, wouldn't matter in the first place. Right. I mean, there were multiple points on that drive. They were playing soft coverage and allowing 
some uh, throws down the field that shouldn't have been there. Yep. Just that drive alone, they could have stopped it. Earlier in the game, less turnovers, less of that, a little bit more of that. There are many, many plays that add up to being in that particular situation. Don't allow yourself to be in that situation. You don't put yourself in the hand of part-time referees. Do you want to talk about that part? No. You don't want to talk about the part-time referee thing? No. And how they should be full-time? I agree they should be full-time, but... I mean, I think that's all that needs to be said. Okay. We don't, we don't need to have too much. Mm-hmm. All right. Maybe we'll get there at some point. Maybe. But for now, we'll put it to rest. Yep. Here's Onwards the deal. to the stats. Here's the deal. Minshew had 15 for 23, 305, two TDs, an interception with a 119.4 rating. Mr. Efficient. Yep. Downs had five catches for, I believe, a career high of 125 yards. He keeps getting career highs like every game. Mm-hmm. And a touchdown. Yep. He's also up for the Rookie of the Week nomination, so vote for him. Yep. Uh, JT had 120 yards from scrimmage, his best game thus far this year. 75 rushing, 45 receiving. He also had his drive. You know what I'm talking about? Ah, I do know what he did. His drive, uh, where they brought it within two points, uh, I believe at that point, 30 to 28. Um, and uh, it was in the third quarter. Uh, it started off not his drive, but then, man, once it hit midfield, it was like run, 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 pass, run, all JT. And he scored his first touchdown of the season. May that. I just add, JT is looking really good. Maybe... He, it was a good call to go ahead and like now in hindsight yep. you see this okay maybe he's, he's back to his JT yeah Pitt only had two catches but it was for 83 yards because his clutch run after the catch for a 75 yard touchdown yeah he wasn't Yack too he wasn't too happy about that post game but then came back and said actually I'm sorry should I was a little snap judgment on that uh, as far as his targets and things like that. Mm-hmm. Alec Pierce, though, had some great catches like we've been looking for from him. Uh, some deep balls, some uh, some different things that he came up clutch for us. Yep, and the defense finally mm-hmm. did not allow a receiver to go over 100 yards. Right. Against the Browns. Against the Browns. Uh, Dio. Quiddy, Buck, Kenny, they were everywhere. Mm-hmm. I think Kenny has the most TFLs for a corner thus far in the league. Yep. And then we always talk about Zaire. Yep. He added another 11 tackles to his league-leading 88 and 58 solo tackles. He is on a tear. Uh, watch out. Aluquan is coming up from the Jaguars. He's up to mm-hmm. 81 so he's coming up, uh, but... Uh, Roquan Smith right behind him. Yeah. Uh, but, as we mentioned, the Colts lost the turnover battle 4-2. to 4-2. to two. They had three fumbles, one interception. Yeah. All from Gardner Minshew. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they also had that block punt. Off of those uh, four turnovers plus the block punt, the Browns scored 20 points off turnovers yeah that's a lot of points and I think if we just limit those then what can't we do type of thing right 
And what we said coming into it was the Browns' defense was looking good. The only thing they hadn't done is take the ball away very well. And then we just were like <coughs> coughing mm-hmm. it up. Yeah. Um, so with all that said, and with all of Miles Garrett and everything that he did, yeah. what was your Mayflower move of the game? I had two things to decide from here. Okay. Um... So, actually, three. Two honorable mentions, though. All right. Both on the Brown side. One being the blocked kick from Miles Garrett. Two yep. being that first run. That first major run that scored in the first. I'm like, okay, this is going to be the game. <laughs> this is going to be this type of game. But it wasn't. But it wasn't. And my Mayflower move is what showed me that it wasn't. Josh Downs with, this, with the first Colts touchdown of the game. That's my Mayflower move. Gotcha. So, you went... You went Miles Garrett on it, but then you flipped it on its head because it was Miles Garrett on the free play mm-hmm. and where he literally just like knew he was offsides and then just stood there, did nothing. Yeah. Rather than break it up, take the play away. So mm-hmm. um, I'm going to, um, so many plays to choose from. I wish I could give it, like, if the Colts had won, I'd give it to that pit uh, yeah. because it was so clutch. But since the Browns won, I believe the game shifting moment and I I hate to do this because it was in the first half but I think there was so much right at the end of the first half that was bad management by Shane Steichen um, and or just lack of you know just mental errors there at the end Um, the strip sack TD uh, for the Browns right toward the end of the half is what I'm going to give the Mayflower move to I think that really changed a lot of the complexion of the game even though the Colts came back and went up at the end of the game and everything like that, uh, I really think if you know they had to do that at the end of the game, uh, they wouldn't have had to do that had that not happened. So, mm-hmm. who's your star of the game? Once again, I kind of have three people here. Okay, Minshew's not one of them strictly because of all the turnovers. Okay, um, I feel like. MVPs are handed out to quarterbacks way too often. So on our show, I All like right. to be a little strict about it. And right. you got to do good stuff to be okay. to get uh, that quarterback. Um, first off, obviously, there was the Josh touchdowns. Um, well, Josh downs, but Josh touchdowns. Yep, he's uh, turned from first downs into Josh touchdowns yeah, now. Softball, pitch, kind of just career day, had an amazing day. There's also the pit because of how clutch he was. But I'm going to go with my fellow running back, Jonathan Taylor. Oh, okay. Um, I told you something earlier in the beginning of the week. And well, then I switched it. Josh touchdowns could be fair was my player to track this week. Yes, yeah. Um, and I'm choosing Jonathan Taylor because I didn't really expect him to have that big big of a day. Whenever I looked back at him, I'm like, okay, he actually did. He was actually really good. Yeah, like he scored a touchdown, 120, 125 yards from yeah. scrimmage. Really good. They're Especially, finding they're finding different ways to use him too. Mm-hmm. Like split out, like out of the backfield, yards, seventy yards rushing and forty five yards receiving. Like, right. He didn't do that. They, and and they had one play where they they did a um, they did a play action to him. And even though the plan was to go back to a screen, they did the play action to, just to draw them, and then went back to a screen. So they're doing different creative things with him. So yeah. yeah. And I, I think he perf- he didn't play a perfect game necessarily, but I think everything that he was supposed to do, he was able to do. All right. Um, I'm going to say 
Josh first downs keeps having career days, and they keep again the Colts keep using him in a creative, new creative ways and different. I'm gonna give it to Minshew Shimmy. Okay. Okay. Uh, he threw for two. He ran for two. He had a 119.4 rating after an interception and three fumbles. He was mm-hmm. third in QB fantasy points only to Lamar and Mahomes on the week. Yeah. With all the stuff going on. So I know you don't want to give it a QB, but I'm going to say Minshew uh, deserved it this week. Okay. But enough talking about this week. It's on to next week. So next we will discuss which Saints team will show up and how the Colts can get back to 500. We really love the Indiana Knight helmets because we think we came up with the idea. Our logo redesign heading into season two was our blue horse U design on a black background. You can purchase our hats that inspired the Colts' black helmets by emailing us or connecting with us on X or Instagram at Unstable Blues. The Saints need a win as they come to Indy and they had extra time to plan for it coming off the Thursday game, which means they might be a little dangerous. Yep. Which team, the Colts or the Saints, do you think needs this win more? Try not to be biased here. <laughs> um, I think... Uh, I'm not saying this just because you said try not to be biased. <laughs> I think the Saints need it more because the NFC South right now is a tighter division than AFC South is. I think the Jaguars, ever since we lost them, have kind of just been running away with it a little bit. Um, Houston didn't play this last week, though. So uh, Houston's still up there. We're kind of up there, kind of not. Uh, Tennessee, I have no idea what's happening with them. Um they're two and four, and they're starting to offload players off their team. Yeah. So um, I think uh, the Saints need more because their division is tighter. They still have a chance at that division. Plus, they have a really good team to do it with. Um, Derek Carr is getting old. He's getting in his last couple of years. I think he's going to retire uh, with the Saints. Um, so I think the Saints need it more. All right. For the same exact reason that you think the Saints need it more, I'm going to say the Colts need it more because the Colts are at three and four if they uh, can rattle off three wins before the bye. They go into the bye six and four. Uh And, yes, they don't hold the tiebreaker with uh, the Jaguars, but theoretically the Jaguars have a more difficult schedule the rest of the way. Yeah. We don't play them anymore, and so – we're depending on some other things, but even if we can maintain a good quality of, even if the Colts can maintain a good quality of win total, they could get in as a wild card. Mm-hmm. They're still, I think, eleventh in, uh, and and this is still early mm-hmm. in uh, but playoff never too early to right, about in playoff race, um, and so uh, I say because. Because if you can beat, I think if the Colts can beat the Saints, then that gives them extra 
motivation and extra um, confidence going into the last two games against the Panthers and the Patriots before the bye. Okay. Does that make sense? I mm-hmm. think this is, look at on paper, this is the most difficult game for the Colts he- heading into the bye between okay. those three. That makes sense. So, and it's the only home game as mm-hmm. well. Now the question is, which Saints team do you think will see the win against Patriots, the really big win against Patriots, or the really big loss to the Bucks? Um, that's hard to say. Um, I think they've had a few injuries uh, since then. Um, they're they're super dangerous on paper, but they haven't been able to put it together um, all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, they had that one big win against the Patriots. Uh, everything else has been tight other than the Bucks game, but even that was kind of tight when you actually go back and watch the film. So it's hard to say. Obviously, as a Colts fan, I'm hoping that uh, the, uh, the team that is in shambles and can't figure out who's going to be where on the field shows up. So, what are your keys to the game? Keys to the game. Uh, stop Alvin Kamara. I think the offense runs through him because I know Carr likes to throw it short to his running backs. Um, I think Zaire can lock that up, though. Uh, keep racking up those tackles. Uh, also, Kenny needs to have a big game against Michael Thomas because I think Michael Thomas likes to run out of the slot a decent unless he goes for deeper passes. Any more... They're actually just pretty much running them at the X a lot. Okay. So that'd be more like uh, Juju if he comes back or whoever's there or that Jones guy, whatever his name is. Jalen Jones. Jalen Jones. Um, he looked he looked promising. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if they pull Kenny out a little bit more. That's the talk as well, that they might be using him less in nickel, more. More um, of the X. Yeah, more, okay. more kind of like a lockdown okay. just to get some experience out there since they are so thin. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, it's just not just Michael Thomas, but it's also, also Chris Olave, who coming into the season, they're like, oh my goodness, Chris Olave is the number one receiver. But the way it's looked, it's looked they're both pretty even. Yeah. They both showed up at different points. So stopping uh, the, like, limiting what they can do with Alvin, then stopping the pass, like I've said every week, limit the run like you know how to, then stop the pass. Yeah. Um, on offense? And on offense, just Mr. Efficient, uh, tear the Saints defense apart. And I want to see who's going against Josh Downs, honestly. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, this might come as a shocker. Protect the ball. Take the ball. Whoa. Win the turnover <laughs> battle. When the Colts win the turnover battle this year, they are 3-0. and when the Colts learn, lose the turnover battle this season, they are 0-4. Wow. So, if you win the turnover battle, what are you most likely to do? Win the game. So, win the turnover battle. Protect the ball. Take the ball. Okay? Yep. Uh, they were doing decent at that, and then the last couple games, they have not been good at either one. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times you would say two turnovers is, is good, like they had last game. But it's not when you're giving it up four times. Yeah, whenever you're giving up double that. Yeah. So um, protect the ball, take the ball. Yep. Stop the run, make them one-dimensional, put 
people in cars face he does not like to be uncomfortable but he also doesn't like to scoot out of the pocket a ton and he has a tendency to have a hero complex where he wants to hang on to the ball and make the big play yeah so that can work in you are into the colts advantage if they get after him they get some sacks out of that um but that also means they got to lock down the receivers on the outside and the key to me is keep them in front of you Keep the receivers in front of everything. Yeah. Also, they have this guy named Taysom Hill. Mm. A lot of weapons for the Saints. I'll give it. Like, they have a ton of weapons. That's why I say, on paper, this is a tough game. They have a lot, a lot of weapons. But you have to be Taysom aware. You have to be Taysom aware because when he comes in, you can't go, well, they're going to run the ball. They're going to have a direct snap. It's going to be Wildcat because he can throw the ball. You can't say when he comes in the game into the huddle, you can't go, well, he's definitely going to be in the backfield because he may line up at tight end mm-hmm. or receiver. Yeah. He could, you know, Carr could still be in the game and it may be a pass. Carr could split out and they might fake you out with it. There's so many different things that Taysom can do. And so you have to be aware of what all he can do so you're ready when he comes in the game. Yeah. Um, the other thing I learned from watching some of the Saints game is establish the run, but don't give up on the run. Okay. The Bucks were having a hard time running the game, or running the ball, and during the course of the game, they just kept running it, and lanes opened up as the defense wore down. Yeah. Also, don't be afraid to take the shots down the field and work the Colts tight ends. Yeah. Agreed. Work the Colts yeah. tight ends. I think there's good, some good space in there mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. What are uh, some of your matchups to watch then? Like I said from the very get-go, Zaire versus Alvin Kapow. Yep. I think that's the number one match uh-huh. this game. Um, are, you gonna, are we watching Zaire on him or are we watching speed on him? Are we going to change it speed up? Speed out for passes, Zaire for run. Okay. Um, I think, I think for, even for a little bit of the pass, I think Zaire... Has an underrated yeah. pass coverage. I'm with you. Um, and then switch it over to offense. Uh, Cameron Jordan versus JT. Okay. Um, so well, using JT's vision, see where Cam is. Kind of not necessarily go the other way, but just know what to do and where to go. And then, like I said earlier, whoever they put Marshawn Lattimore on, whether it be Pitt or Downs, I think we have kind of created that dual threat where it's like, okay. Josh Downs can have big games and Pitt can have big games as well. So those are my matchups to watch. All right. Um, I'm going to go a little bit more cerebral here. I'm going to go Minshew's eyes versus Honey Badger. Okay. Tyron Matthew. Yeah. How much can he work him and make him move him with his eyes uh, with all the quick stuff that he likes? How can he work that and open it up? Um, how can he, over the course of the game, work the short game into the long game into, or vice versa, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then Shane and Jim Bob versus Dennis Allen. Um, I'll say this. There's not been a lot changed on this Saints team since they won the Super Bowl in 2009. Okay. Right? Um all that's happened is their defensive coordinator became their head coach mm-hmm. and their offensive coordinator has still been there for 14 years. Okay. So, um, 
so there's not a ton that has been changed and flipped around uh, on the coaching aspect of things, which consistency can be good, but consistency can also be a little old and tired. Mm-hmm. I think that's maybe where they are, and we just want to drive that into them. So I want to see Shane and Jim Bob's offense versus Dennis Allen's defense, uh, which has historically been really good. It is again. Uh, I think there's some crack in the armor. Uh, but then the, one, the other one I'm really interested to see is Gus Bradley versus uh, the offense of Pete Carmichael. Uh, because of all the weapons, because of all the things that they can do, uh, Gus Bradley has typically been a very static defense. Uh, I think he has changed quite a bit um, over this the course of this year. Yeah. I think that Shane's kind of been pushing Gus to try some different things uh, with some different um, blitzes and things like that. So I want to see how that works out from the mm-hmm. coaching aspect yeah. of things. All right. Your player to track. Yeah. I'm going to go... Jonathan Taylor. I okay. think he's been growing. He's been doing it. I think that um, that once again the Saints are uh, susceptible to some uh, some breakout runs and screens and the different ways that uh, that the Colts have been using JT. So I'm gonna go JT as the player to track. Okay. Um, I'm going to kind of bounce off of what you said earlier with the tight ends. Mm. I'm going to go Drew Ogletree. Okay. Um, I feel like they have a soft spot in mm-hmm. that zone there that Drew is able to find, get there, make a pe- make a catch, maybe shake a tackle or two and go. All right. Make I like it. Play. Your prediction then? Um, I'm going to say it's a high-scoring game Ooh. for the Colts. Okay. Uh I'm going to say just classic 28 to 13 score. Okay. Colts. Uh, I have said this score before. I think the more I say this score, the more opportunity I have of being correct. I'm going to say Colts 24, Saints 17 as the final score. Okay. You use that quite often. Yes. Well, that's what's ahead for the Colts. But it was a rough, rough week for us in the unstable pick six. Let's see if we can rebound after this. Character, commitment, and consistency are at the heart of everything we do at Country Mountain Dogs. We love what we do, and we know that our families feel our efforts when their dogs come home. Check out our Yorkies Ready to Go Home now on Facebook and Instagram at Country Mountain Dogs. And we're back. Before we jump to this next week of picks, we have to recap. Wait, what are we doing? The unstable pick six. Like, every week, favorite segment. Like I was saying, before we move on, we got to recap this past week. All right. Uh, I had the Saints... I had the Saints. And I had the Jaguars. The only differentiating game, and I got that one. Yep. Uh, then we both had the Bucks, and we lost that one. Yep. And then we both had the Lions. Both lost that one. Yeah, the Ravens dominated that one. Yeah. Uh, we both had the Seahawks and got it. Yep. And then we both had the Chiefs and got that. Uh, but then we 
both had the Dolphins. Yeah, and both lost that one. Yeah, the Kelly Greens did Philly really well. Mm-hmm. It was so, close, though. Yeah. That puts... No, it's 31-17. It felt close. It felt like a close game. Right. I don't know. That puts me at 21 and 21. 500. And I am 22 and 20. Still have not gone underneath 500. All right. So, let's get to this week. First game... Bucks at Bills. Uh, both Bills underperformed this past week. Yep. Uh, who they lose to? The Giants, I believe. The Giants, that's right. Oh, my goodness. And Tyrod Taylor, first black quarterback to ever win a game for the Giants. Wow. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And the Bucks, they're coming off a loss as well. We kind of talked about this game just a little bit before. Uh, we're like, yeah, this yeah, game, it, they both need a win here. In choosing which, like, we mm-hmm. put some thought into choosing the six games, yeah. yeah. And um, I just think that the Bills have the talent to get it done, um, and I think they need it more, so I'm going to go Bills here. All right. Uh, I agree. Bills are more talented. They need it, and they're at home, so I'm going to go Bills. Yep. Next, Eagles in Washington playing the Commanders rematch of the overtime game. Yep, uh, it took overtime for the Eagles to win at home last time. I think they're in a position to be much more decisive this time. To be much more decisive this time, so I'm going to go Eagles. Yeah, uh, I don't. The Eagles just have things figured out now. Uh, man, that brotherly shove is so annoying. It's so annoying to watch, even if I don't care about the team is playing. But I'm still going Eagles. Yeah, you, you can't outlaw it just because one team can do it better, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Falcons then are playing at the Titans, but they're really the Oilers this week. Yeah. Uh, little note on this, Tannehill is out. They're playing Will Levi's? Yeah. Levis, yep. Levis, yeah. Yeah. Anytime I see Le- Levi's now, I'm like, oh, that's the quarterback. Hey, yep. it's the quarterback from Kentucky. Yeah. But um, they're also playing Mal- uh, Malik Willis. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to work. But apparently, uh, Levis is starting. Okay. I don't know. So uh, We'll see. Um, Once again, I, I think the Titans are in a shambles. But Regardless, I agree with you about the shambles. I think that uh, Falcons, Bijan Robinson, Drake London, and Kyle Pitts are getting it done. Yeah, I think the Falcons are going to get it done. Uh, I think the Titans have already folded on the season. They traded away one of their top safeties to the Eagles. There's talk of... Uh, of King Henry going somewhere, and apparently the top place might be the Ravens, which would make them even scarier. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did pick them to go to the super, yeah. to go to the championship. So yeah. Um, next game: Houston and Carolina. Ah, uh, yes. Pick one versus two. Yes. Uh, Bryce the, Young versus Stroud. Yes, one versus two. This is always like an interesting game sometimes a little like disappointing when it comes down to it because they're both still rookies um i'm going to give this one to houston because uh cj has looked much better and once again i think uh frank reich does has no idea what he's doing houston looks good they're coming off a bye they had the extra week to prepare I don't see how Houston loses this. All right. 
Um, and then we got the Browns at the Seahawks in the 90s, Silver Domes and uh, the uh, the nice blue and green. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've nice seen some of these. uniforms. Yeah, we saw some of the early looks in practice. They look pretty sweet. Yep. Uh, so who you got, Browns or Seahawks? Uh, Browns, I th- they're still a good team, uh, regardless of what people say. Miles Garrett's still a beast. Uh, it's in Seattle, though, with a really good C- receiving core. I think the DBs are weak for the Browns. So I'm going to go Seattle here. All right. Uh, we know already that um, Deshaun is going to be out. And so we're going to have another week of P.J. Walker. P.J. Walker has not lost as a Brown. I'm going to go with the Browns. Oh, first differentiating one. All right. Last one, Cincinnati playing in the Bay against the Niners. Oh, yes. Um, Niners on a bit of a slump. Uh, Bengals are coming on a little stronger at this point. What's going to give? What's going to give is it's in San Francisco and... The Niners need this win to come back. The question here is who's going to be playing quarterback for the Niners because it looks like Brock Purdy may not make it back from his concussion. I've heard it's Sam Darnold, and he Sam looked good in the preseason. But that was preseason. I get it. And you're playing against the Bengals' defense, which is like completely underrated for what they can do. Mm-hmm. Bengals. I hate to, but I'm going to go Bengals. I'm sticking with my team here. I think it doesn't matter who's playing quarterback in the offense. If you can get the ball where it needs to go, Sam Darnold can. I think Sam Darnold's underrated. He just didn't have enough weapons whenever he was playing. Fair enough. Um, I would love to see you be right on this. So I'm going Niners. It's in the Bay. This is going to be what brings them back up and back on the rise again. All right. So if Sam Darnold does well, does he stay quarterback? He stays have, quarterback until Purdy is 100% healthy. Do we have a controversy? He stays healthy until Purdy is 100% healthy, and then Purdy hops back in. Okay. Very well. Very well. That, that was like a coach at a press conference there, right there. I'll, I'll keep yep. pressing you. You keep giving me the same answer word a different way. Nice job. Yeah. Well, that's it for this week. Next week, we will discuss the Saints' visit, preview the trip against Darth Vader in Carolina, and see if anyone can pull away in the unstable pick six. Well, this is Liam. And this is Kevin. Reminding you to stay unstable.